We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right, welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Exciting episode tonight. We're going to be talking about psychology and relating it to golf. We've got a special guest with us. His name is Kate, Kent Osborne. He's going to introduce himself in a second because he'll do it better than I can. We've got Greg and Lou with us as always. Should be a good, fun episode. Let's get into the mind of a golfer. Lou and Greg, welcome. I'm just going to say hello before we bring Kent in. How are you both? We're getting into the mind of the golfer. Should, I mean, do we dare? Do you know what I mean? It's a Dangerous scary place, place in there, isn't yeah. it? There's, there's some minds I'd rather not go in, but yeah, this should be interesting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so let's bring Kent in. Kent, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Pleasure. Um, I'm going to kick it off with the first question. If you could just let us know about yourself. Tell us a little bit about your history, your expertise, and what you could offer to us today as a, an expert in this field. And I think you're quite keen to say that you're not saying you're, pretty, you're not a golf psychology expert as such, but you've got expertise yes. in psychology. I'll, I'll hand it over to you. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks. Well, um, I've never worked with an LPGA or PGA player, so I'm not a golf person, psychologist per se. Uh, started 40 years ago, mental health counselor, clinical director in a mental health center, uh, did sports psychology with the Red Wings of the National Hockey League. And then I developed an executive coaching practice, uh, was fortunate enough to have a global clientele. Uh, I'm still part of, I'm an adjunct faculty member at the Stockholm School of Economics and their executive development uh, uh, thing. And uh, now I'm mostly retired and uh, throwing stuff out on Twitter. <laughs> Excellent. But uh, a good place to throw stuff out on. Yeah. <laughs> and from a golf point of view, I, I didn't start playing the game until I was 50 and wow. uh, managed to get down to uh, scratch in 2019 and then uh, managed to win our club championship in 2020. And I think oh. uh, I think was able to do so um, in large part because my mind, for the most part, is, uh, is an ally on the golf course and not an adversary. Okay, that's a really great point. Um, that throws me to my first question for you. And I know the guys are itching to get their questions thrown at you as well. I've got a few questions from Twitter from our fantastic followers. Like golf psychology or just psychology as a whole, because often mm -hmm. I reckon this subject as well, it, I see it a little bit with my naive eyes, if you like, when I was full-time coaching, people would bring their personalities onto the lesson tee and I would see them bring them onto the golf course as well. So the personality traits that they have, you could see them like really coming through 
in yeah. lessons uh, and on the course as well, which was positive for some and negative for others. And some people were much better at channeling their better qualities onto the golf course and some people bring their worst on. Um, mm -hmm. Can golfers improve the mental side? Because I would say mental side training for the average golfer is something that might be a little bit frowned upon. Lots of golfers just want to go and have a beer and a laugh with friends and they don't want to be thinking yeah. about their mind too much. Like, can the ordinary golfer benefit from the, even the chats we're going to have now? You know, just a real wide open yeah. question there, Kent, first. Yeah, I, th I, I think so. I think, I think most, uh, most avid golfers would say that, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70 percent of their game is, is mental. And, uh, you know, I think you can do some uh, you can do some simple things that can can really enhance your ability to, you know, to not get in your own way when you're in the golf course. And, and I think the most important thing from my point, of view, it's interesting that you mentioned the mental game. I think it's a I think it's problematic to see the game in two dimensions. I think okay. the, the and and I should preface everything I'm going to say here with um, this is just my perspective, my you know my uh, things that I've done that have worked for me. I'm not trying to tell anybody else what to do on a golf course. Certainly not yeah. a guy like Greg. But from my point of view, if you see the game in two dimensions, you see emotions as a subset of the mental game. If you see the game in three dimensions and you look at it as, okay, it's a combination of physical skill, mental skill, and emotional skill, you've got a chance to make a real, a real shift in your relationship with the game. You've got a chance to have, have more enjoyment out there and you've got a chance to play, to play better more often. Because if you, if you listen to guys, um, I'm going to read something to you here because I'm in the process of uh, going to share something with some uh, with another group. But from Golf Digest, Matt Wolf, I just want to stay in bed and not be in front of everyone and not screw up in front of everyone. Yeah. Lexi Thompson, I've honestly been struggling a lot emotionally, and it's hard because I can't really show it. There was just so much to deal with, and it all hit me coming into this year. Now, I get messages from guys on Twitter and they'll say to me, Hey, uh, you know, I feel like I'm going to miss before I miss. I worry about choking in a tournament because I often do when I don't play well, I beat myself up on the drive home. I'm having a hard time dealing with the fact that I don't play as well as I did years ago. Sometimes I feel like quitting altogether. I mean, from my point of view, the, the issues that derail golfers are primarily emotional. They're not mental in the sense that they're left brain, right brain. The, 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 when, you're, when your self-talk goes off the rails and when you're not able to focus on your targets, instead of visualizing that what you want to hit, you're, you're off to the side, you know, paying attention to, to hazards and traps the way you don't want to hit it. That's because your emotions have taken over. So from my point of view, the long-winded answer to your question is, is yes. I think guys can make a, you know, can help their game and the way to do that is to look at the game in three dimensions not two and to yeah, start okay. with, and to start with the emotional side of the game yeah so i would just go through 3d and 2d so 2d is emotional and physical mental. did you say emotional. Sorry, mental sorry mental and physical and yeah. when you do and, and when you do that the emotions become a subset of the mental game all right i got Craig. like i got like 16 but anyway i got a lot of questions yeah um 
as someone like myself, I've always struggled in my career with the, pretty much exactly what you're talking about, whether you would call them emotions or thoughts. Are, are you equating emotions to thoughts as similar things? Well, I'm saying that there's a distinction between the two. Your thoughts are what, what's going on cognitively for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, 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 you're thinking about something. You can be, you know, you make a decision or, or self-talk or you could be, you could be picturing the, the, you know, the, the, the shot that you want to make. Your emotions are fundamentally a sensation that comes up from your subconscious mind. You, be, you become aware of, of what you're feeling. But I see a distinction between thoughts and emotions. Okay, can thoughts create emotions? In my opinion, thoughts can, if, if one, of the, one of the core things I'd like to say to, to you guys is that thoughts are about routines, emotions are about rituals. If you want to, if you want to refine your thinking as a golfer, you want to focus on and sharpen your routines. Okay. If, if you want to improve your emotions as a golfer, you have to have some rituals and they have to happen off the golf course. Because when you're on the golf course and you start to feel anxiety or you start to feel frustration, you can go and, and the typical, the, the mainstream golf approach to alleviating that is, oh, I'll just do my routine. My routine will get me out of those feelings. But what your routine can do, in my opinion, is potentially knock those down a notch, alleviate them a little bit. You'll be a little less anxious. You'll be a little less frustrated. But you're not going to flip over to a positive emotional state where you're, where you're, you know, you're, you're, you're confident and you're relaxed and you're, you're carefree and you're, you with me? Yeah. 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 So, so basically, so con controlling emotions you stated there, which is an interesting one, something I would agree with, certainly, is you, 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 like, what can people do? What rituals, because you mentioned off-course rituals, what rituals can people do to help them control their emotions? Because I would say, Lou, and I reckon you might back me up here, Greg, as well, your average amateur golfer is riddled with many emotions on a golf course and most of them consume them in the sense that the best one I see and it plays out time and time again is a slow play emotion turning into anger and frustration it's nothing mm -hmm. to do with slow play that person is emotional because they're having a bad day and then they're projecting it out onto mm -hmm. what is in front of them they're not seeing what's in front of what's in front of them and I see that at every level that's just one case where I see you know, I see people, golfers, talk to other golfers in ways that they just would never talk to them in other situations. Like, they can be so aggressively rude. Mm. And if you know the person, you think, well, they're not really that aggressive and rude, but they these emotions have made them... I always equate it to, like, people who have had a car crash. You know, you bang your car and you get out and you shake it. And you could say anything in those times because you're just, like, you've got so much going on in your brain that it's almost not you speaking. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So mm -hmm. rituals off the course to control emotions. Guys, I think 
that's fair to say the emotions is going to be our listeners are they're an emotional bunch aren't they <laughs> we all are yeah for sure so what kind of rituals could people do to control their emotions off the course what, or, or explain what that means more as in i don't mean you know everyone do these rituals and all of a sudden it's fixed because i'm sure it's my more diverse yeah. than that but just elaborate on that for me more Sure. Well, first of all, I would say it's not about controlling your emotions. It's about cultivating positive emotions. Okay. So, so still just, having them, but making them be more positive yes. than negative. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah. Because if you think about it, emotions just arise. So you're not going to control them. So you're not really going to control them, but you can cultivate positive emotions. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I get that. Yeah. One of the things that I highly recommend that guys do is get a journal and after a round, write down the best drive, the best full swing, the best chip putt or bunker shot, uh, chip bunker or, or, or bunker shot, and then the best putt. Yeah. Four things. You don't have to do a diary. You're not writing an article for Golf Digest. But if you can discipline yourself to come off the golf course and focus on what was Focus on what was good during that round. And not only that, but, but relive that experience. Close your eyes for a few seconds and go back into that experience. Go back into how it felt physically and emotionally to make that great drive. Because what you're doing then is you're, is you're strengthening the neural pathways that are associated with positive emotion. And I mean, golf's a hard game. But the mind is also wired to focus on negatives. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's an, it's an evolutionary thing, I think, because, you know, half a million years ago at the waterhole, if, if, if you climbed, if you were down yeah. and you didn't, you didn't notice, oh, that, that, you know, that sound's not supposed to be there or that, that image that I'm looking at, that's not right. If you didn't notice that, you exited the gene pool. Yeah, yeah. So we developed a mind that's very good at identifying problems and very good at, at solving problems. But for golfers, you come off the golf course. I mean, how many times have you heard, have you said to the guy, great round? Yeah, but geez, if it wasn't for that double on 14, man, it would have been, would have been special. Just focusing on that negative constantly, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that would be the one, if there's one practice, one ritual, when I say ritual, I'm not, I'm using the word just to draw a distinction between routines, I'm not suggesting that you need to light candles and close your eyes, <laughs> you know, and, and, and send so no your... candles off Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You bank that up over days and years and time. You just keep doing that day after day after day. Right. Particularly at yeah. a high level, but at any level you could do that. And yes, absolutely. You'll, you'll start to enjoy yourself a little more. It's like what I spoke about Mark Lou a little bit, if you're going to roast yourself like most people do, uh, you know, at a really basic level, if you're going to roast yourself for your bad shots, you better dance a little jig when you hit a good shot, right? Yeah, you, yeah, totally. And this is just dancing that jig. It sounds like more can't correct me for wrong. You're dancing that jig more and just not having any emotional reaction to that other rubbish. Well, here's what happens with, here's what I notice with guys that, that I started to play golf with. When they hit a good shot, they flatlined. Yeah, yeah. Emotionally, because because yeah. that's what I'm supposed to do. And when they hit a bad shot, their emotions would spike. Sometimes just a little bit, but sometimes a lot. And what I'm saying to you is if you can get into the habit of 
journaling your best moments. You're putting your attention on your best moments. You're reliving your best moments. You're reliving that feel. Then what's going to happen is you're going to naturally and spontaneously be more oriented to that. And you're going to find yourself potentially talking to yourself the way you talk to your buddies. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Great shot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's true, isn't it? When your buddy hits a great shot, whoever you're playing with, you do, you celebrate it, you marvel in it, and you will stand back and think that was a really good shot, but you'll hit an equal shot. And it's like you say, flatlined. It's almost like, it's almost like golfers are going out expecting that their top 5% of shots, because they've done it a few times, they're expecting to see that all the time. So then you're going to be 95% in the negative and if you're not trying to flip that into a positive then that is a lot of time on a golf course feeling well just beating yourself up basically isn't it um lou yeah. go on you you had an unrelated golf question i think you were going to say what have you got for us well i gotta ask him about hockey so i grew up as a hockey player and coached hockey mm-hmm. for, for a while um i have to i'm curious what it was like working with the red wings specifically did you get to work with uncle bobby probert did you work yes, with you that you did? Yes. Tell me a Bob Probert story. He was my hero growing up. I love that guy. <laughs> okay. Bob Probert story for, for, for those of you who don't know Bob Probert, Bob was uh, as tough as they come and as good a guy as they come. And uh, um, well, the, the Probert story that comes to mind for me was he, uh, he was about to do uh, to do round two against a guy by the name of Ty Domi. Domi had, um, you know, I thought the fight was a draw, but he and he and Domi, uh, you know, Domi did the whole championship belt thing with his hands. I mean, oh, I don't know yeah. how a hockey oh, yeah. fan you are. You remember that? Oh, I remember it all. <laughs> and oftentimes, I would meet with the players, you know, in the afternoon, be afternoon before a game. And it just so happened we were in New York and I was scheduled to meet with, with uh, Bob before the game. So I came in, I knocked on the door, came in his hotel room and he said, look, Sigmund, he used to call me Sigmund. He said, look, Sigmund, unless, you can, unless you're going to tell me something that's going to enable me to beat the sh- this guy, I don't even want to talk to you tonight. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, but he sounds, was uh, sounds like yeah. him. <laughs> Not was, looking for peace in that moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was a he was a, he was a great guy, really yeah. great. Guy. Like like most like most genuine tough guys, very very soft spoken, very easy to be around. Didn't bully anybody, you know. Just really really good character. Yeah. Was there, yeah hey sure. Kent, Kent, was there psychology in the Red Wings? Was there a difference between how you would coach or talk to say someone in a position like a goalie? Versus yeah. someone else, you know, like they've obviously got a vastly different job than, you know, guys on yeah. a wing or forward or defender. Yeah, the goalies were a little closer to, to, what a, to, a, to a golfer because they needed – there's a lot of time to think between shots often. And so, you know, so what they did – sometimes what they did between shots was just as important as, you know, how they would react to a shot. So we would we would spend time on that uh, on that conversation the same way now that that for golfers from my point of view you want to there's two rituals there's two kinds of rituals that you can get into one is this you know emotional conditioning that, that I was talking about and the journal is a great way to do that and I think a lot more guys are getting it I think Will Will Zalatoris journals on a regular basis if I'm not mistaken not that I know the guy but just from what I see in the media. 
Um, but the other thing is meditation, mindfulness meditation. And mindfulness, from my point of view, is what you want between shots. Because mindfulness is about being able to watch, literally step back. You're observing your thoughts and feelings. So when something crazy comes into your head, like, Jesus, two more pars and I'm going to win this thing, you can just let it float by like a cloud. And that's that's really good. You see Phil doing his breathing at the PGA. And the emotional conditioning piece. But so the mindfulness piece was something that uh, a goaltender could get a lot of value from. Mark, Mark, can I just touch on, uh, I've been through, so Kent, you've obviously got a background in NLP, neuro-linguistic yep. programming, hypnosis, yeah, yeah. things like that. And I've done all of that, right? Yep. Um, why? So two things. One, NLP was a lot of fun at a couple of points. Like one of the things, and I don't know if this is part of NLP or just a person I saw, you take all the negative thoughts and you write, mm -hmm. I wrote them down on a piece of paper, guys. You got, you got to try this one day. She wrote them down. I wrote them down on a piece of paper. She put it You tape that to a pillow. Mm -hmm. She turns on loud music. And then I took a baseball bat and just beat the ever living crap out of all those negative thoughts for, and it was your work. It was fun. I got to yeah. tell you, yeah. like, it, it, it just, I don't know what the purpose of that was in terms of it, consciously, but I, I was yelling and screaming and really getting into, I've just had enough of this garbage in my brain, right? Yeah. yeah. That aside, talking about hypnosis, mate, what, why can't you just hypnotize me to think like player Tiger Woods? Like what, what part of hypnosis what are the benefits and what's something you could do at any level where you could say, hey, put this person in a state where every time they step over a golf ball, is, am I oversimplifying it? Like every, every time I step over a ball, I think of this. Can you do that? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you can to a certain extent, and your your from my point of view, your subconscious mind uh, requires convincers. Okay, so there needs to be something in your in your memory timeline that aligns with what you want to do in the future. So, I mean, I could hypnotize myself till the cows come home, and and I'm not going to Monday qualify for the senior tour tomorrow. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's still uh, your own brain, right? You, I don't know what it's like. To be so so in, from my point of view, the, the key to it is, is finding those golden threads that, that, that you convince yourself that you're able to put yourself in this new state. Even if the state is new for you, that makes sense. And that's an inch. I've got a question here from John Anderson on Twitter. And he's saying it is a joke, but it relates to what we're saying this. And I just want to talk about hypnosis a bit more because obviously that's pretty far out there for your average golfer, isn't it? Yeah, the he's average talking guy's about hypnosis. But but there's, there's there's things to learn from it. He says, "Can you hypnotize me not to worry about messing up?" So in effect, he is talking about your first points of the physical, mental, and emotional. Can you hypnotize me not to worry? So he's worrying. He's got anxiety about messing up what things can most players who have anxiety about messing up like what things could they again it's i guess it's back to the same point about trying to focus more on the positive than having that worry and holding it 
about messing up. It's the journaling and things like that, I guess, is what he would do to help him with those worries. Yeah, I, I mean, the word I want to underline is conditioning. Yeah. You know, could someone like that see a hypnotherapist once and get a, you know, a magic bullet change? It's possible. But I think what would be more likely is the, um, you know, is a is an approach where he's where he's going into trance and accessing those resources on a on a regular basis. I mean, you think about Tiger. From what I understand, Tiger saw an army psychologist for years. I think the guy's name was Brunza or something like that. Yeah, and so. You know, when when Tiger, this this wasn't like a go see this guy and get the magic bullet. This was, you know, week after week, month, month, it was conditioning. And so it got it got to the point where, you know, you had that you had you had his dad throwing car keys on him and yelling before he putted and all, all kinds of things that disrupt him. A combination of those two things and Tiger's innate ability, I think. So Yeah. So basically it's no, I mean, I condition myself and you do Greg and you try to live <laughs> this is a little bit of a joke that, but to put the ball in play, to hit fairways. We condition ourselves to do that. We go, we make movements, we practice movements, we go to the range, we we condition ourselves to perform in certain ways. What you're saying there, as I understand it, and I as I look through these questions from Twitter. I've written down cultivate positive emotions, which I've literally asterisked here as the main thing that's really going to come out of today so far at the moment. And I reckon Mm -hmm. me the rest of my life going forwards. Every one of these is anxiety that I'm reading. Everyone that's worth asking is basically the same question. Um, You know, how can I stop worrying about going over my handicap? Uh, Where did all the rounds in the 70s go? Um, how can I stop free putting and worrying about free putting every green? Like every question is basically reflecting mm-hmm. that they're not where we're conditioning ourselves to hit greens. We're conditioning ourselves to yes. hit positions in our swings, get at certain speeds. We might be conditioning our body to get at certain strengths to hit certain speeds and hit certain shots. Yes. Arguably, we should be send, spending a similar amount of time subject to our abilities because some of us might be able to handle emotions better than others trying to cultivate positive emotions. So basically condition our emotions. Like no one's going yeah. to the range and practicing emotions, are they? They're going, yeah. well, they're actually going, that, that's not true actually. They're going to the range and they're practicing negative emotions because again, <laughs> they'll hit bad shots and focus on that. The good ones, they'll just barely remember them. They won't notch them down that much apart from the one freaky session where they get everything good, which kind of never happens. It, yeah. it cultivate positive emotions is just, for me, that's, killer really that kind of comes and, <laughs> every question and, and, and what most what most golfers are going to do they're going to look for a routine to solve that yeah they're going to look for a routine that's primarily cognitive or mental what's what do i say to myself or what do i focus on that will enable me to get beyond this anxiety and what i'm saying ain't going to work Sorry, you might be able to, you might do some focused breathing, or you might say some positive affirmation to yourself, or you might train yourself, you know, to 
to, to lock into the line of the pot or, or whatever. And that can drop down your anxiety or not your two, but it's not going to flip it over to the positive side of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I just, I, I'm literally looking at every question now on Twitter that I've got with this thread. And it's like, Steve says, why do I bother? <laughs> Why do I bother? And then two down from that, Michael says, what's the point? It's like, it, it's so obvious that, I mean, but just look at the negativity that's there before they leave, they're at home, probably not anywhere near goal. And it's negative, negative. How can I not cut my own hand off? How can I not cut my own head off? How can I not lose a limb? It's like proper... Yeah. Like you said, the watering hole. Like if I'm at the watering hole and there's a twitch in the lees, if I'm not worried that that's a lion, then like you say, I'm probably not going to survive. I need, like we're so evolved to just be worried about everything. Golf's like the worst watering hole on the planet, isn't it? <laughs> so if I was to say to these guys, okay, here's the handy dandy technique. You need to say this yourself and everything's solved. They'd probably go, okay. But if I was to say, look, I want you to take five minutes a day for the next three months. And I want you to take half of that five minutes. And I want you to put yourself into the best putt you made. And I want you to yeah. want to relive those emotions and reconnect with it. And then I want you to go into the future. And I want you to imagine yourself standing over a putt, being so relaxed, so carefree, and so focused that you're just totally into the into the line and the speed and you just stroke it and let it go. And I'll guarantee you, you do that for two, three months and you're going to start to see a change in how you show up emotionally on the golf course. Yeah. I love that. That makes so much sense. I, I mean, I, to me guys, I know that just doesn't get any clearer than that. Like that's so it, it's, it just nails nearly every emotional conversation I've had with a golfer, doesn't it? Like it, we're just yeah. naturally totally riddled <laughs> <laughs> anxiety yeah, like, going into the task yeah oh it's God. like you're looking forward to the joy of hitting a good shot but you first have to recognize that there is joy in the good shots right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. and most and most of the time for most of the golfers that i play with you know good club level players it gets to the point for them where a good shot is a relief right yeah there's no, right. There's no joy in it it's just like well Shit, I just did what I was supposed to do. No, no there's, there's one thing I would like to talk a little bit about that is a um, uh, an influencer on what we're on what I'm sharing with you here, and that is that in the same way that um, some guys are introverts and some guys are extroverts, and and an introvert is somebody who gets energy from being alone, and an extrovert is someone who gets energy from being in crowds and groups. Okay. Neither one's any better than the other, but they're just fundamentally different from a subconscious point of view, from a, from a way you experience the world point of view. Well, in, in my experience with working with, uh, with hockey players and working with executives, it seemed to me that I, that I could also put, put people on a scale. On one side, you've got what I would call pure performers, and on the other side, you've got what I call pure, pure players. A pure performer is somebody who, under pressure, their energy, their, their attention goes outward. And everything else, everything in their, in their visual field becomes really clear. And they don't get caught up in their, they don't get caught up in being aware of 
what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling and what I'm sensing in my body. A pure player is someone when they're under pressure, they're, they get hyper aware inside. And it's like the outside world becomes foggy, if you want to call it that. It's, it's not as crisp and clean as it was before. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly yeah. They're, they're, they're hyper aware of how, my, now I know how my grip, my hands feel and my grip. I'm suddenly aware of that. And, and I'm aware of every thought I'm thinking. And I'm really aware of these feelings, usually because I want to get rid of them. Well, you've got, you know, on the pure player, pure performer side, you've got Jack. I mean, I just saw a quote from, uh, I just saw a quote from Jack the other day, if I can find it here quickly. What, yeah, sports, totally. what sports psychology does is it tries to turn everyone into Jack. The point I'm trying to make is you've got, if you're an introvert, you're not going to become an extrovert. You can yeah. become very productive and you can be a solid, you can be good at what you do, but you're not going to become an extrovert. If you are a pure player, you are not going to be able to do the golf psychology thing the way that Jack does. Here's a quote from Jack. I think the reason I won so many majors is because my mind, in my mind, they were easier to win than a regular tournament. The pressure affected me in a positive way, whereas for a lot of my opponents affected them in a negative way. Listen to Brooks Kepka when he talks. He'll basically say, I don't give a shit about regular events. He gets into a pre the more pressures on this guy, and golf's a hard game. I mean, it doesn't mean that he's gonna he's, he's gonna succeed every time. But the more pressure you put on this guy, the less he's gonna be inside himself, and the more he's gonna be out there in his target, which is where you want to be. You look at now. I don't know these guys personally, but I've got to say, Sergio is a pure player. You look, you look at his interviews after he won the Masters. All he talked about was how comfortable he felt that week. Greg Norman, from my point of view, would be a pure player under extreme. I mean, so good that he won a lot, but under extreme pressure, he would become hyper aware of what's going on in here. So the point that I want, the point that I want to make with, with this is you really got to be sharp about how you set your goals, because if you're a pure performer, you want to set the traditional kind of smart goals and you want to set them in a way that you peak for your majors. Like in my case, it would be like the club championship or something like that. In Greg's case, it would be, you know, the U.S. Open or whatever he would see as a significant events for the year. But if you're a pure performer, you want to peak for those majors. And it's almost and you want to track, track your stats and you want to set up goals around your greens and regulation, and all that kind of stuff. If you're a pure player, that is going to put you under stress. The closer you get to those majors, the more it's going to put you under stress. So if you're a pure player, what you want to do from my point of view is be totally process oriented and you want, and ideally for you, it would be, I'm taking, I'm, I'm attempting to my, or my goal or my aim is to, is to commit to every shot. Let's say just make a full commitment to every swing. Well, I'm going to take this swing and this hole and this round, all of it's the same. No difference, whether it's whether it's playing with my buddies or playing in a tournament I want to win. No difference. But what I see is a problem and it leads into emotional problems is that guys who are pure players set themselves pure performer goals. And guys who are pure performers hear the latest buzz that's, oh, you, you got to be process oriented and you got to be, you know, mindful and all this kind of stuff. And they move away from that. I want to step on this guy's throat kind of attitude, which is their natural inclination. 
Yeah. And they set these pro set goals and it screws them up. You're going to put your game under more stress if you're aiming at the wrong thing in the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you've touched on that, Greg, and I know I have in my golf life is that you've said things in other podcasts about how much more like you enjoy some of your rounds of golf a bit more now when you've actually not been competing, just playing like with mates at your club kind of thing. Like you enjoy that as you're now enjoying the activity. Because I've just written down here, you know, controlling your emotions, cultivating positive emotions to use Kent's phrase there. Not only is it going to help you with scores over the longevity, possibly, because you might keep yourself in a more positive place. But at the end of the day, it might help more golfers enjoy themselves a little bit more, which is just, I mean, for me, you know, any lessons that are enjoying themselves, and that could be coming from improvement, that can be coming from improvement, and they enjoy learning, that could be coming from some of them just enjoyed the chat. Like their lessons with me over the years was their leisure activity the same way some people go to the gym the say some people go to the pub for a chat they were coming to me because they wanted to talk to me about their golf and at the same time they thought that i was a valuable person to talk to about their golf because i could answer any questions that they had but it, it was 90 percent a social activity as much as anything else and when I was teaching full full time in London, I, I saw the value in that as a coach. So some coaches just want to like fix the world and everyone wants to be a better player. Well, actually, no. Some of my students literally just wanted a golf friend. They didn't really have many because in London it was very hard to play golf and build up like a community because the way the city is built, everything's a tube and you can't drive any easily. So people were like, you wouldn't want to take your clubs on the tube that easily um and they were using the lessons as a point of, of enjoying themselves more so i mean creating positive emotions is also it, it, it's all cultivating positive emotions i should say it's going to help people enjoy their golf a bit more wouldn't you say ken is that a fair statement well f- yes and um for my another thing i could throw into the hopper is that i think if you're if you're a guy like me and your and your intention or aim is to post a score. When I say a guy like me, I mean a pay-to-play golf. Whether you're yeah. a scratch or a twenty, it doesn't. To me, it, it doesn't matter. We're all paid. To, for me, there's two kinds of golfers. You get paid to play, like Greg, or you, or and and you, or you get or you pay to play. Yeah, and yeah. if you're a pay-to-play golfer and you're there to post a score, you are going to suffer. <laughs> Period. End of story. There is just no other way around it. Yeah, and and you and I see guys with it's, it's like they have this subconscious rule that says, in order to me, in order for me to feel good about my round today, I have to shoot at or below my handicap. And by the very nature of the handicap system, eighty percent of the time that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which leads on to expectations a little bit, doesn't it? Basically. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So for me, my my primary aim is to enjoy the experience of hitting a golf ball. And I'm a good enough player that every round I'm going to hit some good shots. Good for yeah. me. Not good for Greg, but good for me. So that's that's my focus. And I let the icing on the cake be my score. But to the degree that you're focused on score at a pay-to-play level, you will absolutely suffer. There is no way around it. And why would I pay to suffer? That why is an I, interesting I, one. And money, why would I spend my time and money to go out on a golf course and get paid myself? It's a, it's a game like that, isn't it? Like it, it can take, Ken, it can take, you know, the most, uh, I'll tell you a story. I played a pro-am once and this guy I'm playing with has a 10 footer and he's playing, he plays off about six or seven. He's a nice golfer, 
And I said, yeah. and I said, go ahead, just a throwaway line that I say occasionally in programs. Hey, go ahead, Bill, knock that in or whatever. You know, make yourself a hero, mate. And he goes, his line was, I've done that already. It's not what it cracked up to be. And I thought, oh, what's that about? <laughs> Pull him aside. And I said, mate, uh, what's the story? You've been a, a hero? He goes, yeah, actually, I was part of the CIA uh, during the uh, Iran uh, crisis in the late 70s, was it, when they were yeah. over there for 400 days? I was part of the group of people that were trapped and then helped get people out and blah, blah, blah. Wow. He wow. said, yeah. And I said, you've been through all of that and you're worried about this 10-footer? You know, like, <laughs> I was like, this guy's had bullets flying at him and he can't get his head around how to chill out and just have yeah. fun, you know. It's incredible uh, game like that. And I got to say, too, that one of the things that, that really made a difference for me was, was getting, a, getting connected with PGA stats. Yeah. Because uh, I, hope, I, hope this sounds, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but watching the tour on TV, is, it's, it's a bit like, it's kind of like PGA porn in a way. Because when you watch it on Saturday and Sunday and you see guys like Greg and they're, and they're hitting the ball a mile and making these incredible shots and, and you know, a, a guy hits a, has a wedge in his hand and he, hit, he hits it to 18 feet and the announcer goes, oh, he's not going to be happy with that. I mean, you can kind of get the false notion that, you know, I should be able to hit the ball my best every time out. And I know the stuff that Lou does. I mean, like when, when you really get your head around, hey, you know, eight feet, an eight foot putt is 50-50 for the best putters in the world and the best greens in the world. Can't you're yeah, going to yeah. miss your share of 10 footers, mate. I mean, like give your head a shake. So but that's Lou, it, yeah, because yeah. yeah, that's yeah. something Lou talks about a lot, managing expectations. Um Lou, how good are you with your emotions? I reckon you're quite level-headed knowing you a bit for a bit of time now on the golf course. And obviously you've got the stats to allow you to have, if anyone's got real expectations in anyone who plays golf, mm. is it you, Lou, or can you still not control those expectations? I am uh, as cool as a cucumber out there. Truly. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I am just uh, flatlined. And I, I think understanding um, what a good shot and a bad shot really is plays a huge role in that. And I think yeah. some of the guys that I play with, they get very angry with me because um, they'll hit a bad shot. A couple of them, they, 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 they call me uh, uh, affectionately, they call me a stat hole and they'll, and, and they get mad at me. And cause they'll, you know, he'll hit a wedge. Uh, one of my buddies will hit a wedge to 35 feet. It'll be on the green and he'll start to get angry. He'll throw his club down and I'll just, I'll pull out my little card and I'll be like, you know what the proximity is and how, what the, and they're like, listen, buddy, will you just let me wallow in my, in my sorrow for just like three minutes without giving me your damn numbers. Um, so I think knowing all that plays a huge role in, and how you would react to a given shot. And, and so that's why I, I, I hammer that home with people. And I've had countless messages from people. Um, I, I do get, I do occasionally get some nice direct messages from folks. Um, a lot of them are not that nice, uh, but I get a lot of nice <laughs> ones and they say, thank you so much for helping me manage my expectations. It's made a huge impact on my game. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that can be uh, for the for the right kind of person. I, could, I think it can have a huge impact knowing what 
what good is and what what bad is truly well if we're going to cultivate positive emotions that's got to come from some reality as a base kent surely doesn't it as in you know if i think i'm going to look like arnold schwarzenegger in two weeks time i'm probably going to get pretty upset when i do five press-ups every morning do you know what i mean it's got to be some reality in the base here and i think with the way you mentioned the pga tour with the way golf is broadcast and i know lou has a little bit of fun with this sometimes but they're not very good at i've always said this to be fair anyone who knows me golf is not very good at letting people understand what the players are actually doing in the real like in the realms of reality from a good shot to a bad shot they tend to over sensationalize sometimes where equally they under sensationalize sometimes because the trouble is they're sat in a booth sometimes away. They have no idea of the lie of a certain chip shot or whatever that someone's pulled mm-hmm. off and they go and hit it to 15 foot and they were only, let's say 10 yards off the green and they don't say anything where the player's probably thinking, Oh, I could have dunched that in that bunker. And I probably, you know, I've got chance of holding that putt. Now that was an amazing recovery. Um, so having those real expectations has got to be a foundation. Ken, I'd imagine, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, uh, and one of the exercises that I do, and I, to go back to the beginning of our conversation, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell any golfer what he or she shouldn't do. I'm simply saying, you know, what I took from my career coaching other athletes and, and executives. And one of the things, well, I, I will imagine myself miss before a round, if it's an important round for me, I'll imagine myself on the first, going to the first tee hitting a bad shot and having no staying totally calm, totally neutral, hitting a good shot and feeling good about it, hitting a great shot and saying to myself, you know, the things that I typically say, like thing of beauty or, you know, Mm -hmm. great shot. And I imagine all those three scenarios. So, so I'm ready for anything because what I want to be able to do is if, if I hit a clunker off the first tee and it's possible, quite possible at times, I want to be able to be just neutral, calm as a cucumber onto my next shot. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, Kent, you're preparing better than 99% of PGA professionals. It's yeah, like totally. that's really good totally. preparation. Right? Well, and I get it. You've got to walk your walk because that's what you do. And that's, yeah. that's incredible preparation Like for because that's, that's some high-level – mind stuff for that we could all aspire to think or or practice well thanks thank, yeah. thanks for saying that i mean look I, I i love the game and and from my point of view you know i'll do i'll do 15 or 20 minutes of worth of i was going to say yoga but I, you can't really call it that but flexibility or stretching or whatever and you know i was out uh you know to my buddies earlier today hit, hitting balls in a, in a simulator for an hour and I put a little bit of time and effort into my mental game. And when I it's like five or 10 minutes a day, it's not, it's not as if I'm, uh, you know, in a trance for three hours. If, if your game is really important to you, I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Yeah, the, the, short answer, the, the short answer is too, Kent. Yes, there's, you're right. You won't survive if you don't have, whether you know you're doing it or not, as a player, mm-hmm. as a pro, you've got to have some ability to assess emotions and move them on if they're not helping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will say that there are some funny stories. Like there was one player, and I love this guy. He's one of the funniest guys on the PGA Tour. And this about sums him up too. Neil Lancaster, he stood on the first tee of the first event of the year, Hawaii. He stood on the first tee. 
He hit this little bleeding cut that took a bad bounce and went in the rough, turned to his caddy and he said, looks like it's going to be one of those years. <laughs> He's great. He's so funny. His whole season ruined by the first shot. <laughs> yeah, done. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah, that's absolutely. So I've got I've got one more I've got one statement to finish and one more question to ask and it's actually to Lou uh, uh, guys have you got questions or are you, are you out of questions I think we're good there aren't you you've got a lot to practice haven't we um, <laughs> yes. my last question to Lou is are we allowed to call you a stat hole or not uh, I like that I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's a great nickname it's on I am shirt. not taking any questions <laughs> at this time. <laughs> So, yes, you can, as long as you do it affectionately. Affectionately. Is, <laughs> yeah, is, if you do it out of anger, it, it, I'll be I'll know. Um, so, yeah, yeah absolutely. it is a great well, nickname. I, I do like that nickname. It's so good. It is so good. <laughs> it is so good. It's so good. Add it to the shit. I love yeah. it. And so, I, I, I just got this great image of someone having literally the worst day on a golf course, slamming clubs, really upsetting. You just in the background, just writing yeah. stats at them. I'm like, chirping numbers It's almost them, like yeah. a comedy yeah. sketch, isn't it? <laughs> like, and you get to the 15th and he literally just pushes yeah. you or she into yeah. the water. Because, like, I don't care what the number is. Go away from me. <laughs> Greg, are you sure you don't want me to carry for you in a couple of events coming up? Good. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Private place to talk with a caddy, and that ain't it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> And then, so I'm going to finish on the statement for me, what I've written down. And I, I can, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Here. If people just write down, cultivate positive emotions and think about that seriously as a phrase, I, that for me just sums it up so well. It's yep. something that so many golfers could do. And it doesn't have to be hypnosis. It doesn't have to be lighting candles. It doesn't have to be no. because psychology in a male dominant sport. And I would, guess without seeing the figures our audience is predominantly male this is a subject that stereotypically some would shy away from like stereotypically males aren't great with emotions talking about them sharing them those kind of things so you mentioned journals and i'm a golf coach and i totally see the importance of journals i just hear the word journals and i literally shiver like i would never ever keep a journal i would keep a journal but it would be in there more i wouldn't mm-hmm. actually write it down but i just it wouldn't mean anything to me or you would have to work so hard to make it mean stuff to me i would be able to i would be able to play around and switch my thinking into thinking rather than what if i did that what if i'd done that what if i'd done that into that drive was so good and like that approach was like that approach was one of the best and that chip off that lie was so like not many people could have played that chip i can think of shots now in my head that i've played them sure you and all of you can do and mark the key the key is not thinking about it in a detached kind of an intellectual way Okay. Like the way, the, the, like the way you, you might do if I said to you, hey, Mark, we just played around. What do you think were my best shots of the day? You could kind of go yeah. back. You'd say, oh, okay, you hit a great drive here and you made a nice putt there, but you'd be detached from it. That's not going to do you any good whatsoever. What you want to do is you want to relive it and refeel yeah. it. Yeah. That's yeah. the ticket. Yeah, I like that. Cultivate positive emotions. Don't play with a stat hole. And uh, Greg, you, <laughs> Greg, 
you literally can go on the PGA Tour. I reckon you've got 80% clientele there right away now if you want them, just with that. Because you know lots of the guys aren't doing that at all, are they? They're beating themselves up. And I, I mean, I agree with what Kent said. I do think they have an emotional skill over other groups. But you know this is something on tour, I would guess at that could be developed massively, certainly for young crops of golfers coming through who want to get an edge. Yeah, and look, part of it comes down to awareness, right? You know, like, are they actually aware? And some of the great players aren't, aren't aware at all, I don't believe, of how they're coping and why they do it. They do a great job, but they're yeah. probably not super hyper aware of, oh, I, I need to do this emotionally or that. They just do it, and that turns into yeah. a low score. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely a lot of players. Uh, I mean, ironically... It's, I'm, gra- I'm so happy that Kent was on today because I'm about to play my another event in two weeks and I wasn't happy with how I did at Pebble Beach. And so I've spent I probably, I'm only 10, 20 minutes a day breath work. I've downloaded an app for breathing. I spend some time imagining whether it be holding a trophy up or some good shots I, I've hit. Yeah. I'm doing all of that kind of stuff. And I've done it all my life a little bit, but sure. it's definitely a part of the game that you just got to keep. You practice your chipping, you practice your putting. Let's get this going as well. All right, get it yeah, in the right direction. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Brilliant. Well, thanks for your uh, time, Kent. That was fantastic. Love that. Really Pleasure. interesting. Just give your Twitter handle a shout out, Ken. You said you're on Twitter. What's your handle on Twitter? Scratch Attitude. Scratch. I like it. Scratch Attitude. Give Kent a follow, and I'm sure he'll, he responds if you ask him a question. Subject yeah, to how well, many questions he got. I, I've not just dropped a bomb on your Twitter account there, but <laughs> I'm sure you do respond to some, as we all do. Um, yeah. And as always, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this one. It's slightly different. Um, but uh, there's so many holes in this part of the game for so many golfers and so much uh, chance, I think, for golfers to improve with some pretty basic... Um, practice in cultivating those positive emotions. Brilliant. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody, uh, this evening. Great questions. And we'll see you in the next podcast. <laughs>